0: Is Dread Talk?
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Dread Talk. So today's episode is going to be a lot of fun. We're bringing on our first guest of the season. Her name is Brittany. She's a mom of four, and she is the owner of Little Toco and has a history in banking. I'm really stoked to have her on the show. She is not only going to provide. A perspective from another business owner that works within the children's shoe world, but she also has invaluable advice for you guys on what you can do when it comes to getting these disputes settled with getting your money back from monkey Feet. Not only that, she has also been there to help out customers of Rachel and all of the advice she's given and all of the help she has done is definitely something you guys should be aware of because that is what you're looking for when it comes to trying to identify a company to work with. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Brittany. We're going to have fun this episode and stay tuned, listen for some fun advice, some fun tips. And at the end of this, I hope you've learned something. So here we go monkey business for monkey feet season two only on dread talk hi Brittany. <laughs> hello <laughs> thanks for coming on the podcast
0: yeah i'm happy to be here
1: so, um, from what you've told me, you own your own business. Can you let me know what that is?
0: Um, yes, I own a shoe company. It's Little Toco.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so cute. It rhymes.
0: <laughs> Thanks.
1: So, what kind of uh, shoes do you make?
0: So, I offer all different types of shoes. Um, when we started, we wanted to be adaptive. And that was our main, yep. main focus. And we offered mostly like children's sizes and since then we've grown and we offer everything from like sandals and tea bars ballet flats um, oh sneaks boots water shoes rain boots everything you can think of and we now offer like adult sizes as well
1: that's awesome you even have water shoes yes
0: like uh, we call them little fins and they're mainly for like splash pads and pools lakes rivers
1: that's so adorable I love the name of that little fins that's so cute (laughs) thank you and then you also have a history in banking
0: yeah so prior to having children that's where um I guess my employment history was mostly in. um I was an assistant branch manager for a bank for a while I worked in like loan mortgage management um and so I have quite an extensive history in banking
1: Awesome. Yeah. And so how did you come across Monkey Feet?
0: So they're there. We're in the same shop space, I guess you would say, because we're both small shops and I offered shoes and they did as well. Gotcha. Um, when my daughters were born, they were premature. And oh. when they were like, I want to say like maybe six to eight months, I was trying to find out about like shoes that I that would fit them because they had like these really tiny premature feet. And the first time I ever came across monkey feet, I was trying to find out like you know would their shoes fit my children. And I tried reaching out um, to like their customer service email, and they were super rude <laughs> and not very helpful. So I kind of just gave up on like that idea. Um,
1: well, that's unfortunate. And that's
0: when I was like, hey, like. There's lots of bow shops and And, clothing shops. What if I was a different shoe (laughs) shop, you know? Gotcha. Um, And so that's how I guess then I started Little Toco. And then we came across monkey feet and different things. Uh, There was a few times we would release a shoe. And then a few weeks or months later, they would release the exact same shoe. Oh, my Um, gosh. And it's one of those things where they're the bigger brand. They've been around longer. And um, we just kind of took the back seat and tried to stay in our own lane. Um, But when all of this stuff happened with customers from from being scammed, uh, that's when I kind of like wanted to step in and help because I knew everything about the business business. from ordering product, the shipping and receiving side of it, Um, the banking end, like working with Sezzle, working with Shopify. I felt like I could help more customers that way. Um, So I I started to get a little bit more involved in that Monkey Feet specific group and helping customers get their refunds.
1: Gotcha. So would you say that your relationship with Monkey Feet would be kind of like how CoverGirl and Maybelline is where you had like competing products? Or would you say it was a little bit, more severe than that?
0: Um, I think on a personal level, I would say that I didn't really feel like there was a competition because to me, I felt like we're two different entities and I tried to just keep myself completely separate. I think from a customer's perspective, um, they would probably see it kind of like CoverGirl and Maybelline, like two people offering the same thing. Um, but I I've never like had a personal interaction with the owner of monkey feet or any of their ambassadors or uh like the admin for their team or anything like that.
1: Gotcha so it was basically just like you would roll out a new shoe and then a little while later you notice that monkey feet carried the same style type thing. Yeah
0: there was one time um somebody had said like that they knew that we had copied Monkey Feet's shoes. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then they sent me, like, site pictures um, of this style of shoe that had been dropped. And I was like, actually, those (laughs) were released in July. And I released them, like, the year before in October. Mm. (laughs) And then the the customer ended up being like, oh, well, I didn't know that. And I was like, yeah, it's because I just didn't make a big deal about it. You know, I wasn't screaming from the sidelines saying... Hey, they're doing this to me because I just really tried to just, like I said, stay in my own lane, worry about my own product, worry about my own customers and knew like the the people who are meant to find us would.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. It's, it's kind of interesting because this isn't the first time I've heard of that, you know, um, with the Mary Janes, the ones that were patented, um, you know, that was something that was borrowed essentially from Monkey Feet for that design. Um, And then now hearing from you, it's like, really what Monkey Feet was doing is they didn't really have too many of their own ideas. They were just kind of looking around at the market and going, okay, what's selling the best for everyone else? And I'm going to take advantage of it type thing.
0: Exactly. I think that hits the nail on the head for sure.
1: Which is, yeah, it's, it's then that would definitely make it a little bit more extreme than like CoverGirl and Maybelline. Just, I just think t-
0: it was just really hard for some of us, like smaller companies,
1: yes, um,
0: because we didn't have this huge following, and like it was almost like we're the new guy, so mm-hmm. people are gonna stay in the company you know they've known the longest, or even if you know they're bringing up a Facebook group and this Facebook group has 50,000 but another one has 400, yeah, you know, they're gonna usually. Uh, consumer is going to say oh well this one seems more reputable because they have a bigger following right right
1: yeah it definitely is what it sounds like and then with how big monkey feet got they they basically almost had like a monopoly in in the children's shoe world and they weren't exactly nice to their competitors either
0: no yeah you're exactly right
1: so it was, it was like they wanted that full monopoly. And so they would try to push out their competition. And it's just like, it's just unfortunate to hear. Because now yeah. here we are and Monkey Feet's out of business. And where are all these small companies? Are you still in operation?
0: So, yes, I am still in operation. Um, I will say, from my personal perspective, um, there are for sure we've had some people join who've left monkey feet and they're like hey like we want to try you out but for every customer that has wanted to shop around and wanted to find another place that's similar in um style Mm -hmm. there's just as many customers that are completely turned away from the small shop world from supporting small shops um supporting like you know these small businesses, like personally me, personally like a mom, mom who just works from home, runs little toko from home. My kids are involved in it, all of that, and it makes it's something that I've loved. And I think now it's turned these customers away from purchasing from companies or businesses like that uh, because of the fear of the same thing happening.
1: Oh yes, absolutely. And it's, it's super unfortunate because those of us who have these small businesses, it's like, we really want people to support us because it's, it's our livelihood, you know? Exactly. So you supporting my small business is what's putting food on the table for my kids. It's not like you're going to a major company purchasing from them and that's just going to the CEO or, you know, whomever. Yeah, and exactly. This whole situation has just caused so many people to be super hesitant with wanting to trust a small business because, oh, hey, there's a pre order. I'm going to pay for this pre order, but what's the guarantee that I'm actually going to get what I pre ordered? You know, yeah, then, get- see, that's
0: another thing with pre orders specifically. So, um, Monkey Feet had like a lot of ready to ship sales. They did pre orders also, um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, my company is ran on pre-orders and there's a big benefit to that. And it's that customers aren't like trying to score shoes and then us selling out of them right away. And then they can't get their size. So then they're going somewhere else. So the pre-order allows them to purchase anything they need in any size, as many as they want without the sellout. Um, And then we tried to do ready to ship drops like once a month. Well, because of this whole change, um customers are not will not really wanting to do pre-orders like you said um they're worried okay if we do this pre-order my bank won't give me my money back or I won't be able to dispute this and worried about all of those things so they're like I will only shop ready to ship even the customers who are saying I still will shop with somebody else I won't shop pre-order I'll only shop ready to ship so I've kind of had to very quickly change my model of how I'm doing things so that I can say, Hey, like you're going to get your product here and be (laughs) able to offer that. But at the same time, then I'm hurting customers who are like, you're selling out. We, we, we wanted this product and we wanted to pre-order it to get all the quantities or whatever. And so it makes it just really difficult because it's like, you're, you're always going to upset someone And I hate that because I'm very much a people pleaser. I want to make all of our customers happy. I like to like try to offer something for everyone. And I feel like Rachel didn't only hurt her business and all of these customers, but she hurt so many other businesses and people as well.
1: Absolutely. And I I think one thing, too, that... um... I've noticed is some customers may not really understand the the reasonings behind pre-orders, especially with small businesses like yours where you operate from home. You don't have the space for all that inventory. So it's not like you have 20,000 shoes just chilling in your garage. You can just go and grab and box up. So a lot of these small businesses do rely on those, the pre-ordering, that way they know exactly how much they need to order so they don't have an overabundance of inventory in their homes,
0: Oh, for sure. Um, I'll say like, so after, so monkey feet, we, we've we known for a while that things weren't right with him. Um, right. you can kind of see certain things going on behind the scenes. Um, where as a business owner, I'm like, Oh, those are red flags. Like something's not yeah. right here. And so where I think like other people thought like they kept giving her the benefit of the doubt. This was something like as a business owner on my end, I'm like, this isn't happening. This isn't true. Like, um, you know, shoes being held at customs for who knows how long. And she was saying backed up or um like with the Chinese New Year that she was saying that there was an issue in shipments because of that. And I'm like on my end, I'm like, I'm getting all of my product and we don't use the same factory, but blaming China or blaming COVID policies or um, holidays in another country and trying to benefit off that on her end I was just seeing all of these red flags like this isn't right and it was almost like I couldn't even say anything because who would believe me you know they'll just look at me like I'm a competitor I don't know like I don't want people to support her
1: right they, they would they would view it as you were just there to discredit monkey feet not that you were there to actually to help uh, and I think with uh, Rachel, one thing she kind of did was she she took advantage of people and their ignorance in how this operates. And so she'd essentially like pull the wool over their eyes and pretty much gaslight them. Like a lot of customers kind of felt that it was a little off. And I've noticed that with some of the comments people made where it's the same thing. They gave her the benefit of the doubt, but then after a while things started to add up and they're like, wait, this doesn't make sense. And then when they would question her. her immediate reaction was to gaslight them and then boot them out of her vip group so it's just just super unfortunate that she did that because like you said you see it because you deal with it on a day-to-day basis so it wasn't adding up but to like a normal person who doesn't operate a business they're not going to know these things and she took advantage of them not knowing
0: yeah and i think like when she would be like in those I know because again, I wasn't in these groups, but I've seen plenty of the screenshots. Because honestly, sometimes people would be coming to me like for the solution like, mm-hmm. hey, this person's doing this, they want me to fix it. And I'm like, uh, I can't exactly like I'm not it's not like we're sister stores we're completely different companies you know right um but there were customers that kind of thought like maybe I could I could get their shoes for them or I could contact their factory and there was a point um towards November ish that I did contact like I went through my manufacturer and I was like hey um can you get the contact information of the people working with monkey feet because they had employers there that Um, I'm sorry employees that weren't getting paid Mm. and so it was something that a lot of people knew about you know right and they were like oh yeah they could get me in contact with them so they gave me the other contact information and I was like where are these shoes can they be like received can it be shipped like have they been in production and that's when I found out more on my end that this stuff wasn't even some of it wasn't even being produced
1: Gotcha. So when you we were referring to employees weren't paid, are you referring to manufacturer or with monkey feed?
0: Um, at that time, the only thing I knew about was the employer employees at the manufacturer.
1: Right. Okay. Gotcha. So I'm tracking with that. Yeah. And so it's basically, you know, the stuff wasn't adding up and then you found out, hey, you were right. It definitely wasn't adding up. I just heard it from the horse's mouth. Yes. So did you do anything with that information? Did you like let anybody know?
0: So at this point, I think it was in like November and I, there was there. So like, I have some private chats between like a group of people. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, people were messaging me in like my, our rep chat and they're like, Oh, um, she's trying to get the shoes out. And they said, it'll be this. And I was like, my best advice for you is do not purchase anything else right now.
1: Like it's very sound advice.
0: Because she's I was at the time, I'm like, there's all these screenshots where she's begging her customers not to file chargebacks. It's like mm-hmm. file your chargebacks. You need to file them immediately. Like, stop yep. letting her dictate this. Um n- at some like we're all human and we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Of course. And there's times, you know, where so and so's child may be in the hospital or their grandma died or something awful where it's like, Hey, I'm a couple days over turnaround time. Please bear with me. And in that situation, I would never be the person that's like file a charge back. Right. But this we're talking nine months that you haven't seen anything of like any product at all, but you're still seeing these $10 pre-orders in the group constantly, like something's wrong. Right. And then people would be like, well, what do you know? How do you know? And, I can't, I can't even really say anything at that time. I'm just like, just please, like, I don't care if you shop with me or with them, but just don't order right now and file your chargebacks.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: And then there was like people trying to get Christmas shoes. I know there was one specific customer. um, She was saying like, all she needed was green shoes for her son for Christmas. And at that time, because there wasn't like, people were still believing they were getting their shoes. Um, mm-hmm. that's when I first started really getting involved with helping customers, I think. Um, gotcha. so I would be like, okay, this person needs green shoes. I'm like, I have that shoe. I'll just send it to you. Send me your address. And then somebody would be like, oh, like my daughter's supposed to be in a wedding and we needed this specific shoe for the wedding. And now my daughter's oh. like, or the, the wedding's ruined. And so I would oh. be like, Hey, I have that size and blush. Let me just send it out to you. And then I want to say, like by December, it was like that wasn't possible anymore. Because then I was getting tons of messages in my inbox, like, "I need this shoe, I need this shoe," and I'm like, "Hey, I can't, no. I can't give everybody free shoes." Um, no. But I, when it, whenever I saw somebody that I could help and make a difference for, especially those special moments,
1: mm-hmm.
0: those are the ones that really like hurt my heart as a person. Because I'm like, I know what it's like to. Want a specific shoe for a specific day or a specific moment, you know?
1: Right. So you had that empathy there. That's that was something that that a lot of people have accused Rachel of not having is that she didn't have that empathy. Yeah, so, I don't I think, think she,
0: she ever had. Like from what no. I've seen with her, I don't think she's had a bit of empathy even for her even kids. Like I've never heard her speak. And I, I shouldn't say that. I don't want to bring other people's children into it, but I just. I never saw an ounce of empathy from her.
1: Right, right. It's just it, the whole situation is just sad. It it really is. It's like so many lives have been affected by this. And even like some people who, let's say, they only spent like maybe $50. But like you said, maybe that $50 was spent because they needed that shoes for a special moment. And they're never going to get. So it was more than just the money lost. It was so many things that Rachel did that inadvertently affected all these people and it wasn't even their choice she made that choice for them right and it's it's sad. And it, it really it, it kind of it, going back to what you said where it was like, you know, a lot of red flags were popping up, but a lot of people I feel um w- were willfully ignorant about it, where they kind of knew that something was off, but they didn't want to believe it. You know, they're human, they they also have empathy and they wanted to give her that benefit of the doubt. And now here we are in um what are we in? April. Oh, it's April first. So or oh, April first of twenty twenty three. And I think everybody no longer is giving her that benefit of the doubt anymore. So it's all come to like full circle realization. Oh my gosh, I got scammed. And it's so sad because it's it's situations like this is what, alerts to people to scams. And it's from from an outside perspective looking in, if I were in the middle of that knowing my knowledge of scams, I never would have not filed a charge back because every excuse she gave is like the playbook of a scammer. Oh, I'm in the hospital, Oh my kids in a hospital. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, uh, my car broke down. Oh, there's this happening. Oh, there's a natural disaster. and it's like, okay, only so many bad things can happen all at the same time. I think you're scamming me. I'm charging, I'm getting my charge back.
0: Right. And honestly, the, the natural disaster part, that one was one of the things that stuck out to me most is just like going back to empathy and being so cruel. Um,
1: mm-hmm. So
0: I live at the coast and we were impacted by Hurricane Harvey and okay. we lost everything. Like at the time I had Ugh. a different business. I lost my business. I lost my home. I was pregnant with twins.
1: Oh my and, God.
0: Um, seeing her use that hurricane and these everybody else's misfortunes like people truly lost their home people really lost loved ones you know and to use that and twist that manipulate that to continue her scam is just awful to me it is like there's no coming back from that even if tomorrow she was like hey i'm sending everybody their old shoes whatever like there's no changing that in my eyes
1: No, there's not. Like, I I agree. Like, if she were to wake up tomorrow morning and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to send out every single order and every single refund I possibly can, yes, it would appease people, but no one would forget what she did. So, literally, I don't think any trust is ever going to be rebuilt with her at all.
0: Well, um, I think it's concerning that there are still people holding out hope. Like, there are still people that are like, I'm really worried I'm not going to get my shoes back, but I'm hoping this isn't happening. And it's like, this is happening. (laughs) I know that you hate it. I know that you don't like to admit that this is happening, but nobody is is. getting those shoes. Like they're not, she left thousands of dollars in product and didn't care for it.
1: So she's obviously not going to
0: give back anything else.
1: Yes. Like the, the warehouse in Florida that had all those shoes just sitting there. That she never grabbed it. She never claimed them. The warehouse owner, it's now their property. But how long did those shoes sit there? Like she had those shoes for how long? And I understand like maybe she didn't have the money. And that's kind of what I'm thinking is she didn't have the money to be able to send all those shoes out, which is why she kept trying to sell like those $10 grab bags. Mm -hmm. So she needed money to send out previous orders. And then she just kind of ran yeah and then this whole situation too is you know you you mentioned this and I think it would be a, a great segue into this is that it's now created an opportunity for new companies to pop up to poach these customers from monkey feet
0: right and that's something that Is such a hard thing to discuss because honestly, I've even been like I've been accused of trying to coach customers, and I'm like, What are Mm -hmm. you talking about? Like, I've been in business for four years, I have given shoes completely for free to these customers, I've spent hours upon hours on phone calls to help people get their money back. And I think that's where you can really tell the difference in businesses who are just poaching customers and businesses who are wanting to help customers. Um, people who are poaching customers are seriously out there just posting their product, um, trying to get people to join their group. Like it's always just a picture of their product or some way that helps them. It's like, but what right. have y'all done to help these customers? What have you, what time have you invested Um to help them and not just help line your pocket. Um, right. I know one of the things that was really frustrating for me is seeing as soon as, um, so monkey speeds, uh, manufacturer and supplier came forward and said, I'm their supplier. They owe me all of this money. Can you please help me, um, get my money back? Right. And after that multiple people came forward and they were like, Oh, I'll buy all the shoes. I'll buy all of Monkey Feet's shoes. I'll pay for whatever. And at the time they don't even know what they're getting themselves into. Right. They don't know how shipping, how much shipping is from China to here. They don't know the yep. turnaround time. Like how long does it take to get from there to here? Um, yep. they've done no like quality testing, um, any of it. You know, half of these people probably didn't even have, you know, a sales um certificate at the time. Right. But they're just they just saw, oh this company worked with monkey feet. Now I can just tell everybody I have monkey Feet's manufacturer and continue trying to piggyback off of the success that monkey feet once had. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, she was a very profitable, profitable business. Um, she was able to support her family with this business and people look at that and they want, they want a taste of it. Of course. And to me, that's, that's where I'm like, those are red flags. Why are you, why are you doing this? And it's not that nobody can like run another shoe company. There's plenty of room for everybody, but just make a name for yourself, open up a company and like, know what you want to offer. Like that should be the first thing when you're starting any business is, okay, what do I want to offer? And like, what's the, the need, the need I want to meet. So okay, right. for me, it was, I want to offer adaptive shoes. I want my shoes to be adaptive for anyone and everyone. If they have uh, braces, if they're autistic, if they have a sensory disorder, um, you know, whatever it may be, how can we help these kids? And so, like, our shoes are adjustable in different areas. So, like, if they have an issue with the Velcro, then they can use the zipper. Um, Gotcha. Or if they have an, like, if it's hard for them to zip up a shoe, then they can just put their shoe on using the Velcro. They can do one or the other. Um, even our sandals are adaptive, and so it's like for a company, that's what they should think is like what are they what need do they want to meet? What do they want their brand to be about? Are they, you know, a more hippie style? Are they a more fun and vibrant colored style? But some of these companies weren't even trying to find out what they represent. They just wanted to take customers that used to shop at Munshipi and try to profit off of that. Yep. and that bothers me um i think they should try to make a name for themselves i think they should do testing and reach like research find out okay Absolutely. well if this is how the mold was for monkey feet what can i do to change that to make it fit better for my customers exactly. or um, you know just even the leather testing the materials for the eyelets on the shoe like on sneaks have eyelets or the metal buckles on t-bars every single thing that they're putting on a child's foot should be tested
1: absolutely and I think that those people that are taking advantage of this situation are just looking at it as oh I can just grab the shoes find someone who needs them and sell them and they don't really understand well it's a little bit more than that like, you, right. you, you've you got the import fees, you've got, you know, did you want to use a broker for this? Or are you going to try and do it on your own? And then like you said, the testing, there's, there's separate testing that has to be done here in the US than, you know, overseas. You can't just, you know, grab the shoe and sell it and hope things go great. I mean, what if you didn't test it? And then, oh, look at that. There's toxic, a lot of heavy metals in there that now this kid got sick and now they're suing you. Do you have liability insurance? Did you do your due diligence? No. Right.
0: Exactly. And then um, my worry with that, of course, is that somebody does all of this and then, say that customer went straight from monkey feet to whatever other shop just came up out of thin air and then Mm -hmm. then it happens to them again then they're burned again and so it does essentially affect me long term it's not about me getting that sale it's about not ruining the market for all small shops like even clothing uh bracelets sunglasses um every other small shop there is out there offering so many different products. Like I want us all to have a chance and we can't do that. If people keep burning bridges and trying to cut corners and, um, wanting to profit off of a business that's going under. Like for me, I feel like I try not to compare myself to monkey feet because I'm my own person Mm -hmm. and I'm my own business and we have our own values and, I think that that should be what every other business out there strives to do for themselves as well. Instead of saying, oh, I'm just like monkey feet shop for me. You love monkey feet. You're going to love me. They should be agreed. I'm nothing like monkey feet. Here's why. Here's what I do different. Exactly.
1: Exactly. That was one thing I was thinking was, why do you want to be just like monkey feet? (laughs) Monkey feet's going under right now. Don't don't clone them. That's a terrible idea.
0: Exactly, yeah, that's exactly how I feel.
1: We'll be right back. Today's small business shout out goes to a little shop on Etsy known as Jules Resin Jewelry MT. Now, I am personally going to vouch for this shop because I own quite a few pairs of her earrings that I have found on her Etsy shop. I'm sure you've heard of all the fun things that people create with resin. Sometimes they're not the best. Some people are not that great when it comes to getting the bubbles out or it's really rough or you can really tell it's resin and not necessarily glass. I'm here to tell you that these earrings from her little boutique are the most unique and adorable earrings I've ever owned in my life. I love the designs. I love how she incorporates little bits of gold and pressed flowers into them. And the whole look of them completes any of my outfits. She has an adorable story that goes with how she came into this. See she's originally from Southern California. There's not really any snow days in Southern California so when she moved out here to Montana she was in for a rude awakening and the winters here in montana are very long they're longer than all the other seasons so one of the things they recommend when you're here you need to find a hobby during the winter something to keep you entertained because you're going to get sick and tired of the snow very very fast so naturally one of the number one things to do out here is to go skiing and she tried that she wasn't really a fit for it it's kind of hard to go skiing if you have a fear of falling in heights That's when she came into the world of resin art. She started seeing videos of jewelry being made from resin on Pinterest. She gave it a try. turns out she loves it, and you can tell from each piece she makes. So if you were looking for a unique Piece of jewelry made from resin that looks like glass, or you're looking for these beautiful earrings you want to complete your outfits with, go check her out. She's on Etsy. You can find her by looking up Jules Resin Jewelry MT, and you can go nuts. And you are probably going to be competing with me and getting some earrings because I love every single one of her designs. And now back to the show. If someone were to come up to you right now and they want to buy shoes and they don't know about your company, what advice would you give them to help them to make sure that the company they're about to purchase from is reputable, 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 Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I would
0: look for a few, few things. Um, I would tell them to like, look at their website and go through, you know, their shop policies. What do their policies say? Um, And then personally me, when I go to search for a shop, um, there are different buyer beware groups out there and you Mm -hmm. can, you know, just look up this company on buyer beware, do like a little dig on their product um, and who they are as a person. Uh, Some people don't really care like about the morals of the company you're supporting Um, and you don't have to, that's everybody's Personal preference, but if you do feel strongly about certain things and you want to support shops that align with those values, um, I would look into like those things. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, when it comes to shoes specifically, um, digital mock ups drive me insane. I don't know how anybody <laughs> purchases off of a digital mock up. Yeah. Um, sure, there are like, there's been times um, that. I'm trying to think if I've ever done a digital mock-up. I don't think I have. But um, there's times where a company might have to do one, right? Like they ordered a sample. It didn't come in in time. And they know exactly what it's going to look like. Um, and they're like, hey, y'all, this digital mock-up or like this mock-up didn't come in in time. So we're doing a digital mock-up. But that should be like upfront. front. The, co- the company should give you that information. Hey, just so you know, this is not the actual shoe this is a digital created image because if not, if they're not telling you that and they're just creating this out of thin air, then Mm -hmm. you're buying a product that you have no idea what it's going to look like. Right. And I, I don't know how anybody purchases that way. Um, mock like product samples require an investment. Like you have to purchase them up front. You have to pay for the leather up front. You have to, um, you pay more for like a sample product than you would a bulk order, obviously. Right. So it's just another one of those things about cutting corners. Like I would right. rather order the same sample 10 times to get it perfected than to just say, oh hey, Photoshop this image to have this on it. Cause I feel like you're already starting up front with a lie. Like when I'm right. showing you what you're purchasing, you're getting what you see a thousand percent. Right. Um, so that's this. a big one for me. Um, and customer reviews. Like if you post in a VIP and you're like, um, Hey, every, like, can y'all give me feedback on high tops? How do they fit? Are they tied around the toe? Um, you know, do, have you ever had in- issues with like the eyelets resting or something? Right. And the right. VIP denies your question. That's a red flag. Yeah. (laughs) You should be able to be as open as possible with your customers. Um, So just doing some, like a little bit of due due diligence, a little bit of digging, and it does kind of suck that you have to do that, um, that you have to be skeptical or wonder. But at the end of the day, once you find like that place that you're happy with, you're going to get a great product. You're going to know that you're shopping from somebody that you trust. Um. And I, I just think that's so important. Like this morning I was looking at, um, sunscreen, right. That was online. Okay. And I did like probably 30 minutes of digging on this one sunscreen and I still didn't purchase cause I'm going to keep looking and keep digging and keep looking up mm-hmm. reviews. and that's just how I choose to shop for anything.
1: Yep. I absolutely agree. There's, um, been quite a few times that I have gone to purchase something like let's say one of my kids actually this is a true story my kid came up to me and was like hey I really like this sweater you know I want to get it and so he sent me the link well the link went to a website and at first glance it looks legit you're like okay this looks like a legit store that you'd find online it has a whole bunch of products it has their policy at the bottom there's some transparency visible but then the more I dug into it the more I realized that it was kind of not kind of, but it had a lot of scammy behavior to it. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of um, words that were misspelled. Uh, there wasn't an actual address. There was no contact information for the business itself. So then that's when I went on to Google and I googled the business itself, tried to find reviews, and then I looked up how new the website was um, through what is it? Who is? I think the website. So then I found out this whole website had been created a week prior. It was a brand new company. And it had like maybe five reviews and all five of those reviews were hey they're they manufacture in china i ordered they haven't said anything i have no idea when it's going to get here i can't reach anybody i think i got scammed and so it's like okay well i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt maybe this is a new company and if they are in fact in china it could take a month for things to get here but i'm not going to risk that with my money yet i'm going to wait and see what happens so i'm going to find another company to get this sweatshirt from because i just don't want to risk that and i don't. Don't think, and I think some people don't really know how to really dive deep into something like this because at face value, a lot of these websites look legit. They really do, but yeah. you know, on the surface of it, you can't tell when that website was created. You can't tell when that domain was registered, and those are things you definitely need to look at.
0: Yes, I agree. And so, just piggybacking, oh, you made me think of something, and I. I just completely slipped my mind. Um, Oh, I know what it was. Okay. Turnaround okay. time. So that's another thing that boggles my mind, but when it comes to turnaround time, so pre-orders, having an extended pre-order I get, um, I would say 12 weeks is like the longest I would do a pre-order, um, mm-hmm. like expect a pre-order turnaround time. Um, And so I don't even know. What is 12 weeks as far as days? Uh,
1: Like three months.
0: Yeah. So it's right at like that 90 day mark. Right. You have that window. Um, So on ready to ship orders, there's no ready to ship order that should take longer than a week to ship. And on monkey feet website, I think it was like 21 business days or something. crazy. And I was like, that is not, a ready to ship order.
1: no it's not
0: um and it was business days so even when you're talking 21 business days um you're at a month yeah so that was you're still purchasing a pre-order essentially you know pretty much yeah and so i would say that's a big thing on um ready to ship orders is knowing if the turnaround time is like longer than a week i would never buy that
1: no um, and i i think some people need to be aware too that like the ftc has standards on that as well so when it comes to internet purchases companies have to get it to your door within 30 days or they have to specifically state that hey, it's going to take X amount of time. They have to be very transparent with that. And anytime a customer is not okay with that and they want a refund, they are obligated to give refunds. In fact, they can't even give gift cards. They have to give refunds to the original payment method. And that's coming from the FTC. And a lot of the monkey feet folks don't know that. They didn't know that. And I think Rachel didn't know that. Honestly, I didn't I didn't know that, but
0: I don't have to worry about that because we have all of our policies like on our website as far as like pre-orders and the, are ready that's, to ship the that's what the FTC
1: drivers. requires. So you have that transparency there, so you're good.
0: Yes. Um, and then I think that people should know just going forward, like if they ever need to dispute something again, what their rights are as a consumer. I think that people kind of, um, I think that sometimes (laughs) Cezil and PayPal and some of these payment processors didn't really help them out as most, as much as they could. Correct. Um, And even banks when they're like, okay, this was past the 90 day window. We can't help you. And then they just close the case. Right. And it's like, no, actually it's from the date you expected to receive the product. And that was a big thing that I thought with most multiple customers, I was calling their banks with them or calling PayPal or Sazzle um with them and telling them no, this isn't something you can just close out. And uh there was a couple people that they were telling them like, well, it's already been closed, we can't reopen it. And I'm like, Yes, you can. I can open it. Like legally you have to open it. Um and there was a couple of times we had to get legal involved with Sezzle Mm-hmm. because they, at the end of the day, they don't want to lose money either, especially in this no. situation where they know um, they're probably not going to see any of that money back.
1: Which, if I remember correctly, that had a little bit to do with you, too, because you had reached out to Cezil and made him aware of this whole situation.
0: Yeah, so I know that they they knew that there was like a flag on their account. They knew, right. they had, I believe at this point, they had already taken away well as a payment form on her website. Um, but I did contact like my rep because customers weren't really getting the help they needed. And, mm-hmm. um, there was times where I was on the phone with them and then they would hang up. <laughs> um, and it's not like I was doing anything. Like I'm not yelling at them or cursing at them. It was just like, we were talking about monkey feet, and it would be like, click, and they'd just hang up. <laughs> and so I contacted my SEZZLE rep and was like, I use you as a payment provider, and I have customers who are going to be turned away from ever using y'all in the future because of the way you're treating them. And I am kind of made them aware of some of the issues that were going on and being hung up on. And um, so they did, like, a whole investigation on... These certain um, representatives who were, like, hanging up right away, and then they were notating oh, the call, like, um, customer dropped call. And it's like, no, we didn't drop the call. Um, and they started trying to help people a little bit more. Um, there was a point where I think they said there was nothing more they can do. Um, but I've still... <laughs> I've still been messaging them because they, they'll send me like an email that says like, this was resolved and I, it's like, yes or no. And I continue to put no and be like, this is not resolved. Y'all have not gotten back to these customers. No, um, it's not. <laughs> and for, there's a couple customers. So um, I have a, diver- a diverse background. Um, my grandma's Hispanic and mostly, spoke spanish when she came to this country and everything and um they're like i feel like people who speak another language sometimes they don't get the same help that everybody right. else gets right um, I, I've noticed so that. my one of the things that i really tried to help were customers that were in situations like that where they were just kind of getting blown off because they they didn't really know how to advocate for themselves or say what they needed, and they were calling and saying, like, they wanted to dispute it, but then when the person on the other end of the phone wanted to argue with them, they couldn't really argue back. They didn't know how to say what they were trying to say because English isn't their first language, you know? That,
1: that language barrier, yeah. Yes,
0: and um, so I, <laughs> that was one thing that I really tried to get on the phone with them and help customers out with. Um, cause that's one thing I think that just hits home and bothers me. Yeah, um, so like my grandma on one side, like I said, she's Mexican, Spanish was her first language. Um, my grandma on the other side. So my sister's dad was German and okay. so they, <laughs> they're immigrants from Germany.
1: <laughs> so gotcha. I have
0: two completely different backgrounds, um, multiple different language barriers. Um, Growing up, seeing that and seeing how they're treated differently and um, just experiencing that from my end. It's like I hate when other people do that to like to anyone, even if they're a stranger, even if I have no relationship to them. um, It's one of those things I feel like I always insert myself and try to help. Yeah, um, because it just bothers me. It just angers me. And I feel like these customers shouldn't do that. They're there for customer service for everyone.
1: Right. Absolutely, when it comes to these because there's they that are listening um that have hit that wall or with the credit card company or whatever it may be, so if they've hit that wall where they're like, nope, we can't help you. It's after the 90 days. You already mentioned, um, no, it's based upon when you were supposed to receive the item, not when you ordered the item. So what's what's some more advice you can give to some of these listeners who are hitting this and are trying to get their money back with their disputes?
0: So I would say to go straight to their bank. If they've already tried disputing through um, the different payment platforms, you can use like Sezzle, PayPal, PayPal. all of those things. I would mm-hmm. go directly to your bank and um, I would not do any of the like automated type things where you just email, or I would go directly to your bank or I would call them and say, Hey, this was a pre order and pull up Visa and MasterCard's um, like credit card holder agreement. Okay. And that states on there. Um, I actually can't. Pull it up right now, I just remembered. Um, but in their credit card agreement, like uh, consumer agreement, you can pull up where it says that it's from the expected date that you are supposed to receive the product. So, I would recommend for people to do that as soon as possible. Right now, we have gotten to a point where it's kind of late because yeah. I think most people know. I think she closed her group in January, my date could be wrong. Um so if they the if the last message they had seen received was that these will be shipping beginning of January then that clock starts from that date. Right. Legally. Right. Um so now it's the end of March beginning of April I would try to file as quickly as possible um and just really fight it. Like, if they try to tell you right away, oh, no, we can't do this. It's been past the 90 days. That's when you tell them, look, this is what your cardholder agreement states. And for pre-orders, it's from the expected date of receiving it. And I expected to receive this product the first week of January. It has been X amount of days since then. And then provide all of the screenshots where she said, please don't file chargebacks. These are coming. You're going to ruin my family. All of those things she said, because then when the the bank sees that, they're going to be like, oh, okay, this is why they didn't file a chargeback sooner.
1: Yep, exactly. And and, uh, one thing I will say too on that note is anyone who is going to be listening to this, if you're not part of the uh, buyer beware monkey feet group on Facebook, uh, they have all of those screenshots. So if you don't have like screenshots of the email or screenshots from the group that shows that it was supposed to be shipped in January, that's where you can get those screenshots from. There are going to be a few that are going to be put up on the blog here on Dread Talk, but the majority of everything else you need is going to be in that group. So definitely head over to that group.
0: Yeah, I think they've been super helpful even in just like getting people together and letting them know yes uh you're you're not alone in this and that's one thing I do want to mention is like anybody who did get scammed um this wasn't a you issue you did nothing wrong like you trusted somebody and when we're saying like oh there was all these red flags um just because we were able to see those red flags I would never want anybody to feel like I'm like oh there were so many red flags why didn't you see it? Because I don't think that at all.
1: Um, nope. We're definitely not victim blaming. The only yes. reason why we know about these red flags is because we were a victim at one point in time, too.
0: Exactly.
1: That's how you learn them. It's unfortunate.
0: Yes. And hopefully it doesn't, you know, turn um, them away from shopping with other no. small shops in the future. But at the same time, if they need to take a break from purchasing on social media and purchasing from small shops, I completely understand it. Like it sucks for me as a business owner, but me as a mom... Um, me as like, you know, a person who works so hard for my money and struggles, you what? know, to, like, Oh, am I going to pay for this? Or am I going to pay for that? I completely understand wanting to take a step back and being skeptical and, uh, just wanting to protect your hard earned money because you were taken what? advantage of.
1: Right. And then the w- one thing that I do want to ask before we wrap this up. So for those that have been scammed by this, what would you say moving forward we, would be the top three red flags that indicate something is a scam? That way they know to avoid it.
0: Um, digital mock-ups. I know I already said that, but I'm going to say it again. Yep. Uh, that's a huge red flag to me. Um, I think the opposite of transparency. (laughs) So (laughs) someone being transparent, you can usually trust them. Um, But if you feel like there's any sort of like hiding of comments, deleting of comments, um, or even like if they don't have a Facebook VIP, say it's just their website, uh, like you had said with your situation where you can't find a lot of information on the company, can't find contact information, um and trust your gut like if you feel like something's up and you feel like you're being taken advantage of but you're just trying to give the benefit of the doubt
1: just trust your gut
0: gut. (laughs) yeah Uh, your your
1: gut senses things before your your logic does
0: right because i think at the end of the day we all want to believe there's good we want to believe that nobody would like specifically in this situation somebody wouldn't have a business for years and just completely tank it and take advantage of people and steal their money like right it doesn't, it's not logical why would somebody do that so everyone's like no she's been in business for this long we want to support her
1: right and and on that note too one thing i will point out there some companies like monkey feet they do start off great and sometimes They buy no choice of their own clothes, which is one thing, but there are companies such as Monkey Feet who decide to basically just take money and run. So they start off legitimate and then they turn into a scam and that's when you definitely need to listen to your gut because you trusted them they, they gave you no reason not to trust them but now they are so if you ever feel uncomfortable and like something's up listen to that definitely listen to that so you're not you know six months a year down the road and then you're out of money because you were just hoping and waiting
0: yeah and for like groups with vip specifically mm-hmm. i think getting feedback from people who aren't just like reps for the brand who are just like true consumers that have no affiliation with the brand, um, like on a personal note, getting that kind of um, like feedback and reviews from those customers, I think they almost hold more weight than reps. And I'll be honest, I have a ton of great reps who, reps who advocate for me all the time who are promoting my shop whenever they can. And I love them for it. Um, But the, the customers who truly um, just, leave a review genuinely because they love the product and have no affiliation or no tie to me. Those are the customer um, reviews that I'm like, wow, that makes me feel great and makes me like, I hope people see those reviews, you know, definitely. And I think with monkey feet, a lot of the, the people coming in to like defend her or people who knew her on a personal level or had reps for her at some point or had some type of incentive um, giving back to them. Cause a lot of like the true customer reviews are not great. Right. Uh, I know a lot of times, like for me personally, and the customers I've had joined my shop, even prior to this for the past three years, when people came to me, um, they would tell me situations that had occurred in their group, or, um, there were comments that had been left about the shoes, dying, their kids' feet colors, or burning oh, yeah. their feet at a um, like a six flags and stuff like that. Yeah. And for those to just be deleted right away. Um, yeah. It's like something's up here. That's not right.
1: Exactly. Like that, that's a pretty big red flag when, uh, you know, a, a company is silencing people. Exactly. Like, like you don't even have a, an opportunity to look and see if what they're saying was truthful or not, because they just got rid of it before it could occur. That's a yeah. big red flag
0: i agree with
1: that so much yes definitely well um this was great we did we were at like 55 minutes <laughs> so i seriously appreciate you coming on for this and coming into this episode um everything shared is fantastic i love the advice you have on the disputes and you know the red flags watch where with scams um it, the the issue with the small companies is definitely something that's going to get affected by this so I really hope that people still have that benefit of the doubt they're willing to give small shops because this is you know like your livelihood so you have little toco and and I love this whole what is it little fins is what you call the water shoes Uh, like this 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 all these cute shoes that are available now. I am so bummed they were not in existence like 15 years ago with my kids because they're (laughs) adorable. (laughs) <laughs> and there, and I didn't have that luxury. I had like whatever you could find at Payless or Target. It was like there were these cute little like shoe boutiques. And so I really encourage people to still try and shop from like your your business, Little Toco, other little boutiques and little shops like this, because this really is your guys' livelihood. It is your business. And just because one bad apple was there doesn't mean the entire or- orchard is rotten.
0: Yes, I agree. There's, there are so many amazing shoe shops out here, small shoe shops. And, um, a lot of us offer different things, you know, um, right. I'll say one of them, Spellbound Souls, um, they're, they're so cute and they've got like a witchy vibe to them, which is oh, kind of completely that. opposite to our brand. Like our brand, I think is more, um, like the bright colors and, um, uh, like a little bit lighter on that kind of stuff. And they have like the moons and witches and um, mushrooms. And I I love seeing that. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Cut out right as you said something. What was that?
1: I said, I was like, oh, so it's like Lisa Frank versus Wednesday Adams.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) I think that's like the perfect comparison. And um, (laughs) the owner of that shop has never... um, like been controversial that I've ever seen um she's never been like argumentative or combative she's very like uplifting and awesome. um, so i love seeing that kind of positivity in the small shop space and seeing um people who can uplift each other and yes. who value their customers there's so many shops out here who really do um value every single person that comes across their shop whether they purchase or not or whether they just refer a friend or like a comment and um I'm excited for the small shops community to get back to that instead yeah. of worrying so much about all of this stuff that has occurred
1: right right it, it, it's it's definitely like the small businesses in a, in a town if you think of how they are Like let's say you go to your local farmer's market, you've got all these little shops in there and they all love each other. They're all sweet. If someone comes up and goes, oh, I'm looking for this, they know exactly where to direct them to. They're amazing. And it carries over into all small businesses that are online too. Even though they're not in the same town, they still support one another. And that's something that's very important to watch for when you're trying to see, hey, what company do I want to support and give my money to? That's what you look for.
0: Yes, I agree. Community over competition is what I love exactly. to preach. Um, it's so important.
1: Definitely. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for agreeing to this. this uh, I've learned a lot and I'm sure people listening have learned a lot as well. Um, and then, you know, if well, I'll give you an opportunity here. Um, do you want to like share, you know, hey, this is my website, or um, hey, if you have questions on this, please email me here or anything like that? Um,
0: so I'll give my email. Uh, my email is Cs like customer service at okay. gmail.com. Perfect. And I think I'm not going to give my website only because I don't want people to think that I only came on here to like gain customers or any of that um i really do just want to help and i do think my perspective um knowing both like the shop side of things and the banking side i hope that it was able to help you know customers be able to dispute these things or help them know what to look for in the future so they don't get scammed again and just so they know that there's there are other shop owners out here that really do value you and will appreciate you and everything that you um bring like all the value you bring to their business
1: perfect love it all right well that's it all done all right thank you so much yes thank you so much this is great I truly appreciate you
0: (laughs) all right well thank you so much you have a great weekend
1: you as well
0: okay bye-bye
1: bye Well, I hope you guys learned a lot today on this episode of Dread Talk. Just a real quick recap. If you are still waiting to file your disputes with your banks and respective cardholders, you need to do it now please go read your cardholder agreement so that you have all the information readily available and then go contact them, go down to that bank or call them. You need to get that dispute started so that you can get your money back. Also, we talked about the red flags to look for when it comes to businesses. So if you're out there and you're ready to go shop, just make sure that you remember to ensure that that company is transparent, make sure that they're a reputable business, And all of the fun stuff we talked about in this episode. And then also, please do not forget about the small companies. They are the bread and butter of this country. That is the American dream. Even the big businesses were small at some point in time. So please do not let this whole situation with monkey business, with monkey feet, discredit any other small business and your willingness to purchase from them. You really are supporting families when you patronize with these small businesses. So please don't forget about that. Please don't let this whole thing make you think that every single business acts the same way. No, this was just Rachel Delfonso and how she operated. That does not represent the other small companies. And also, please pay attention to future scams. Uh, This is an unfortunate reality of the world we live in. You will learn a lot about scams when you are privy to one. And so those of you who have been victimized by Monkey Feet and Rachel D'Alfonso, you now know what to look for to ensure you're not scammed again. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means you are a little bit more knowledgeable to be cautious in the future. When you do purchase things from other companies, just watch for them. There's very common red flags that you can experience or see when it comes to scams. First one is usually the wording is misspelled or it doesn't make sense. It's grammatically inaccurate. If anybody's asking for you to give them money so they can give you money back, that is automatically a scam. And watch out for the excuses. Everybody's human, mistakes happen, there are accidents. But if there is a ridiculous amount of accidents happening that is excusing why you cannot get your purchase, that usually indicates there's a scam and lastly do not ignore your guts your gut senses things before your brain does so if it feels wrong it's probably wrong if it sounds too good to be true it is listen to that gut listen to that instinct and then while we're on that topic, watch out for companies that are popping up to take advantage of this monkey feet situation. She is absolutely correct when Brittany said you're looking for companies that are reputable. And on that note, one of the best things to do is to look at their values, to look at what they operate as and what they stand for, and if they've, well... Found a good niche in the markets, such in case of Little Toco, who is Lisa Frank, and then the other company, who is more like Wednesday Adams. So all of these companies, even the big successful ones, have a niche in that market somewhere. That's what you're wanting to look for. Don't look for a copycat. Look for someone who actually has a good, strong foothold in the industry, and even if they have competing or their competitors and they have competing products, that's fine because every single business does. You're looking for their ethos. You're looking for their motto. You're looking for their business stance. You're looking for their transparency. Those are things you wanna watch out for. If you're in the market for shoes because of this monkey feet situation, Do not go to the first one you find that is saying that they have the same shoes. No, try and find a company that's reputable. So, you know, you're going to get the shoes you purchased and you're not going to get scammed again. The last thing we want to have happen is for you to lose your money a second, third, fourth, fifth, however many times you're at because you put faith into a new company and they again took your money. So just make sure you do your due diligence. Watch for those red flags, those warning signs. And at the end of the day, listen to your gut, you guys. Stay tuned for credits and a sneak peek into the next episode. Today's episode is brought to you by WW Point Apothecary, eclectic supplies for the modern witch. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out today to Brittany from Little Toe Co. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate all the insight you gave. There was a lot of amazing information that was shared in today's episode, and I truly appreciate you deciding to be a guest on the podcast. Thank you again so much for coming on to Dread Talk. Dread Talk Podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast with new episodes streaming weekly. If you're looking for ad-free episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast for 99 cents a month and unlock episodes with no ads. Well, minus the small business shout-outs, you're not going to get away from those. But all the other ads, you definitely will not have those when you subscribe. If you are an owner of a small business and would like a shout-out in the podcast, please email me at dreadtalkpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for guests on the show. So if you are looking to become a guest on the show, please reach out to me at that same email and then we will coordinate on when you'd like to come on. Next week's episode will be a more of a deep dive into monkey feet and some more things that are occurring on that end. So there's a lot of fun information that's going to be shared in next week's episode. So stay tuned for that one. And a quick reminder those of you who have listened to this episode who are a victim of the monkey feet scam that has occurred, please ensure that you are filing your complaints with the Better Business Bureau, with the Attorney Generals of the respective states, and also please report it to the internet crimes within the FBI. If you've seen any of the recent news stories, the FBI has begun their investigation into this, so if you've been affected by monkey feet, please report to them. Go ahead and head over to my blog. It's found at dreadtalk.com dot wordpress.com. Every episode has its own fun blog entry on there as well as more fun behind the scenes for you guys to look at. Today's episode will also be there in the form of a blog, including some more details you guys should see, such as links on where to report and other things we talked about in today's episode, such as screenshots of things you're gonna need in order to file your chargebacks with your respective credit card companies and banks as well as the links for you to be able to join the Monkey Feet Buyer Beware group on Facebook. I am Lady Dreadnought, your host. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you next time. If you liked today's episode, go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. That way you are notified of when new episodes air here on Dread Talk. Look at you sticking around after the credits again expecting bonus content. It's almost like I've been doing this and now you know what to expect. So today's bonus content is kind of a little bit more of some behind the scenes of the episode today. It was a little bit funny um, when Brittany and I first came on board to start communicating with one another. The app decided to glitch out, and so she went completely silent, <laughs> and either her screen turned off or whatever the case was, but it ended mid-sentence. I couldn't hear her. She couldn't hear me, and it was a little bit of a... Yeah, it was a little interesting, to say the least. So once she was able to come back on, I let her know, hey, don't let your screen time out. It's a little bit of a pain in the butt, but if you don't, we can still communicate. But if that screen time's out on your phone, then it mutes both of us. And then we both panic. And then we don't know what's happening. And then it ends, and we have to start over. So let's keep our screens on, head into your settings, and let's do this. And of course there was a couple bloopers in there which we did edit out of the podcast episode for today. If you're ever a guest on this show, you do get a little bit more of the behind the scenes on a little walkthrough of what to expect. The beginning of it is usually an introduction and getting to know one another and going over how it's going to be. And then at the end, it's a wrap up and you won't hear those in the episodes. So the only ones who are privy to that are the guests. And then of course, I do go back through and edit things such as if there's a whole bunch of dead space and no one's talking for five minutes, or if there's something that was said particularly weird and the guest doesn't want it in there, then we'll edit that out, but for the most part, everything you hear whenever a guest is on this show is completely raw. It is the raw footage from it. It has not been edited for entertainment. None of that jazz. It is straight up exactly how it occurred. And I do love the fact that Brittany was humble for this whole episode. She didn't want people to really think that she was taking advantage of this as an opportunity to pitch her business. I truly love that about her. Now, I'm not her, and I am absolutely all about promoting small businesses. So please go check out Little Toco. By the sounds of it, very inclusive when it comes to shoes for children. She's got a great niche in the market. And from what I've seen, the shoes are absolutely adorable. So she may not want to promote her business but I absolutely will so please go check out little Toco and go ahead and let her know how much you appreciate her and what she's been doing to help out victims of monkey feet and then also give her a huge shout out for how great she was being a guest in today's episode. So stay tuned for the rest of the season we have a couple more fun things that are gonna be rolling out including a guest that you're probably not expecting And even more information that has been shared with me from other victims of this scam. Things that you guys definitely need to be aware of and things that the public needs to be aware of because the last thing we want is for Rachel Delfonso to think she's getting away with this huge shout out to that monkey feet buyer beware group on facebook they have done their due diligence and getting everything put together to help all of you guys in regards to getting your chargebacks done again that link to their group will be on the blog for today's episode the blog comes out the day after our episodes air so stay tuned for that it'll be out tomorrow which would be april 8th which is a saturday so look for it tomorrow there'll also be some other fun things shared on there including things we mentioned in today's episode and that about wraps that up that's the end of our bonus content for today's episode i'll see you guys next week in your the next episode and i'll see you in the blog that's published tomorrow again if you guys have any questions comments concerns and want to be a guest on the show please reach out to me at dreadtalkpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can head over to my social media I go by Lady Dreadnought, which is L-A-D-Y-D-R-E-D-K-N-O-T. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Have a good one, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.